When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I might be doing a lot of Al Pacino as a Puerto Rican guy <laughs> voice in this. My Puerto Rican ass, my sentence slammer one last time. I uh, usually I would cut that, but I feel like Tom, you should include that. That should just come in hard with that. Uh, and I'm going to do the spoiler warning now. Uh, if you have not seen Carlito's Way, um, genuinely, you know, I reckon watch it before you listen to this podcast. This is your official spoiler warning. Uh, we will spoil the movie and Avengers Endgame. So <laughs> we're going to spoil Avengers Endgame. Ooh, yeah, they, sorry, they come back from the freaking snap. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I mean, it's past the weekend. We're allowed to do it. <laughs> uh, anyway, here you go. Here's the intro music. This is your spoiler warning. Peace. I hate the word. Welcome back to Mission Zach's Leguizamo Rama, a podcast where each week my friend Zach and I chat about John Leguizamo and all the stuff that he has been in. And we've got a bloody doozy this week. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, we haven't done a big one in ages. It's been no. ER and fucking Papa John's commercials <laughs> for the last fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's been dark days uh, at Leguizamo Um We blew our load a little early. <laughs> yeah, too true. Um, I'm my Mish. Uh, you might remember me from uh, the Papa John's uh, episodes that we did a few yeah. months back. I'm joined as always by my friend Zach Ruane, who you might know from uh, the that that um, Spanish language uh, sort of rebate pharmacy rebate ad he did. <laughs> Pearl. And we did the episode with Jude Pearl. Yeah. That was a nice one to give our friend Jude. Um, we're not alone. If we're, no. gonna do, if we're doing a bloody big film, we're going to bring in the big guns. Uh, and this week we're joined by friend of the pod. He's a comedian, a podcaster, film critic, a self-described cinephile. Whoa. Uh, and, wow. And oh, the government called me that. I had to I had to sign up to look at registry. The government put me as this is a guy. He's he's officially a cinema. What do you think? I think like it's I didn't even say his name. Oh yeah, intro. People could be think I'm talking about bloody David. So <laughs> yeah. I'm joined. We're yes, joined hello. by Alexi Toliopoulos to my bloody right. My pleasure to be here. And the big guns have entered the building. <laughs> <laughs> big guns talking big movies. Mm-hmm. That is my dream come true to come here and talk about one of the hugest movies, the landmark in. Mr. John Leguizamo's career. Well, if you're a true Leguizamo-rama listener, mm-hmm. you will know that from the start, well, the first time we had Alexi on, when in, like, fairness, he probably should have dumped us and never spoken us to us again after what we He's put had a couple through. of rough ones with us, and Shockers. we apologise for that, <laughs> Every Alexi. time I go on the podcast, it begins with you guys apologising <laughs> for getting me on to do Mario. <laughs> because it, like, it ruined my ago. life. I guess it's the worst, the worst day of my life. <laughs> and I've had some bad shit go down in my life. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Zach and I are on a roller roller coaster. So for those who <laughs> don't remember, TVs. for those <laughs> that who don't one remember, is like the biggest it's tip up there. Ever. For those who don't remember, we we asked Alexi to watch the uh, Morgan Mork Jenkel cut, Morgan Jenkel mm -hmm. cut of uh, the director's uh, cut of Mario. the director's. Well, not even the director's cut. It was the fan cut of director's of footage, the um, director's vision. Yeah, as and, uh, as told by the fans. And now let's let's make it very clear: the movie itself goes for an hour and forty minutes. Mm -hmm. This fan director's cut went for two and a half hours, mm -hmm. but the version we watched went for eight hours because it kept starting and stopping. Turns out, turns out, people making illegal fan mm -hmm. remakes of Mario Brothers don't have a lot of money yeah. for service space. Yeah. So but now you can buy that version on Blu-ray and DVD. So get out of town, all, can you? We can all watch it again, no problem. Well, I've got the Blu-ray. Come over to my place, chuck it on. Is that legit? Yeah, it's true. You have it. I've got it on well, Blu-ray now. Alexi, we'll have to have you back. Oh, good lord! At <laughs> least it shall not be as painful as last time. <laughs> but I've watched that movie too much. From the early days of Alexi being involved in this podcast, you said I want to do Carlitos. Where yeah. you can fuck me with this stupid Super Mario Brothers yeah. shit. <laughs> you can have me on with a little bloody tiny recorded little itty bitty mic version of the menu. <laughs> but I'm coming on for Carlitos. Way. He's like, yeah, get me Carlito. Get me back for Carlito's way. Would you argue that this is your favourite John Leguizamo film? Uh, I would argue it. I think so. I think this is my favourite. It's his, my favourite role of his. Yeah. But I would also say Carlito's way, probably... I've seen it at least seven or eight times wow. in my life. Yeah. And uh, I would probably say it's my favourite... Brian De Palma movie. Yeah. Ooh. It's like in one of, maybe it's my favorite Al Pacino movie outside of like The Godfather and like Dog Day Afternoon, maybe. So yeah. if you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I really love this movie. A lot. It's also I love this I, movie. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I think it's worth you knowing, Alexi. Mm -hmm. It's also my mum's favourite John no Leguizamo film. Way. Wow. Yeah, so we had uh, like VHS tapes, obviously, mm -hmm. growing up, but there were only like a dozen of them. Three of them belong to my sister and you I. You might have had laser disc. It's not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you might have had some little super eights. My sister and I had Annie the Musical, mm -hmm. Labyrinth, and uh, The Little Mermaid. Oh, wonderful movies. And my parents had like, you know, ten others or whatever. And one of them was Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way. Wow. They also had Dirty Dancing, Pulp Fiction, and Dances with Wolves, which was a double oh. VHS. Wow. wow. This is a cinephile family that you're raised in. That's exactly right. Um, so it's my mum's favourite as well. So you're wow. joining a really, really... Uh, you know, dare I say it, Christine Club. It's a little bit of a sexy movie. It's a bit sexy. And so, mum likes it. It's a little mm. bit sexy. Yeah, Just that's a little bit, like yeah. a little bit horny. It's quite romantic. It's a romantic movie. I should we just do this? I think. Look, this is very rare for us, mm -hmm. Alexi. We often um, we we have I think records for longest podcast intro before we get to the movie, mm -hmm. which I think has been bad mm. for our numbers, um, but. But I, I, I said it to Mish, I feel like with when you got the big guns. Yeah. Yeah, and we do have when the you, guns are cocked and when you've got a when you've got a registered cinephile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he literally can't live within yeah. fifty meters of a cinema. No, well, I have to I have to tell my neighbors when I move in. I gotta go, listen, knock knock, mate. I love I love movies. Lock up I'm your DVDs. <laughs> There's a cinephile in the You better not be mentioning incorrect <laughs> casting information around me because I'm going to have to correct you. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Um, so, well, before we jump into the intro, though, mm. uh, we do have to go to an ad. 
But when we get back from the ad... Is it too early for the ad? This is insane How far into it is, is it? Don't they tell us like 10 minutes? It is insane Okay, I actually if have... we're doing this before the ad... All right, wow. forget the ad. I have a question for Alexi. It's mm-hmm. not Carlito's way related. Okay, okay. and then that's... Then good. we that, can jump into it. I mean, God, f- f- we might have just... We could have just had a good a tight intro, but yeah, I think whatever. you're right. Tom can edit this out, but I don't want to put him to too much work. He did say to me the other day, stop making me write songs for you. <laughs> At the end of each podcast, I'm like, Tom, take us away with a song you've created about this film or whatever. And it takes him like half a day. Wow. Sorry, Tom. If I was Tom, I would just cut that bit out where you say, can you write a song? Like, no. It it was one of those things where I would try to hint. You know when you try to hint in the podcast? Mm -hmm. So you'd be like. You just start do a look. Mm -hmm. uh, But then I'd never think to after we start recording, then go, oh, Mish. It takes time. I've worked with Tom a long time. It actually takes him a long time to make those. It's like I only ever thought to do it subtly and with looks on mic. It's a very, very selfish uh, thing I do because I just enjoy them so much. Tom's outros are my favourite part of this podcast. And no one gets the end of podcasts. I have have a question for both of you. Oh. Big guns. I'm a... I'm a, I'm a, (laughs) I'm a train. I'm a trainee cinephile. I've, I've, I've put in the a cinephile in waiting. Yeah, I've put in the documents. Yeah. Um, but I need to get ten uh, referrals before I can join. <laughs> yeah, no, the club. fair. Um, I'm going to refer to Big Guns first. Okay. But then we'll come to you, little little knife. Here we go. Let's <laughs> loaded. Let's go. Big Guns and Butter Knife. Um, is there a movie? Yes, there's thousands, millions. Oh, fuck off. There are plenty of movies and each one is more interesting than last. Is there a really, really famous movie that... Yeah, like... That, 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 I went right into it. You can't interrupt me. Um, That you haven't seen that people would be like, oh my God, you haven't seen that. Oh, wow. Yes, there's plenty. Let me tell you one that was just mentioned moments ago. Dirty Dancing. Never seen Dirty Dancing. You've never, never seen, seen Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Dancing. That's yes. a good one to have not there, seen. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so but I will be seeing it fairly soon, I promise you. Oh, good. I'm try- I, ev- I tell you what I do. Every year, New Year's Day, my first movie of the year, this is a tradition for me. I will put on a movie that's like an iconic classic that I've never seen before. Wow. Oh, I love and that. that. That'll be like how I start the year. I always try to go watch something big and try and fill a big gap that I've never seen before. Yeah. Like this year I watched um, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Wow. Uh, okay, yeah. John Wayne, John Ford, Jimmy Stewart Weston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the year before that, I, I can't remember, I saw Rashomon for the first time probably a few years ago doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I try, to, I try to do that every the first First day of every year, just try to do bang big one. That's a good That's way good. to do it because that those you've just named two of my ones mm. probably. Rashomon and I don't think I've seen any. John Ford film. Oof. I know. That's great. Yeah. You know, and, and Ay, that's yay, surprising. Yay, 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 yay. A pang to my heart. <laughs> oh. That's surprising. Westerns, Westerns are a mm-hmm. big thing for me that I, I haven't jumped into Westerns. My dad know? was American, so Westerns were around a lot. Yeah. He loved them. He loved a John Wayne. I moment. love yeah. Westerns. Every Western I watch, I love, but I just haven't like... You'll get to Jumped some shit once, mate, when you, when you have start you seen, Have you seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Yeah. Okay, well, that's like a Western. Mm-hmm. That is. Western, that's like yeah. a, yeah, I feel like I've seen more 
movies riffing on Western mm. than actual examples of the genre, mm. if that makes You've sense. You've got to go back to the 40s to watch yeah. the real stuff. Because mm. even the spaghetti Westerns were, I mean, That's, very uh, much were riffing on the genre. They're yeah, all like absolutely. reformist Westerns and revisionist yeah. Westerns and stuff. Speaking of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kitten, because my mum's made such a feature in this <laughs> podcast already, my mum was had wanted to fuck Robert Redford in that film so bad, but like every woman her yeah. age. I thought we were about to say she wanted to fuck him so bad that she Action. went to America <laughs> in search of and a fella. fucked him so bad. <laughs> um, I've never seen uh, a Star Wars film mm-hmm. except for the one with the small boy. Oh, okay. So The Phantom Menace. Yep. One I've of my favourites. saw that in the cinema and I've never seen a Godfather film. Mm, interesting. But I really want to. I feel like I've talked about this a lot. I've never mm. finished Godfather Part 2. That's wow. My, that's like, that's my whole... And now it's almost like this thing mm. for me. Like, I'm like... That's fucked to have not seen Godfather yeah. Part 2. Yeah. Like, that's fucked. <laughs> that's but every fucked. time I've tried, I've started at like 11.30 Yeah, PM. that's yeah. a problem. You've got to do it, set up yourself like a mini-series style. You go, mm. I'm going to do this over a weekend. I'm going to watch one on a Friday night. Saturday, I'm going to put Part one, mm. part 2 on. You take the intermission to go live your life for a second. <laughs> yeah. You come back and you go, I'm going to finish this in the evening. And then you watch Godfather Coda on the Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Another one is Chris Pine. I don't think I've seen anything he's done. You didn't even see uh, the Dungeon Dragon movie no. that your Mish, friends your are Your friend was in? in the Australian release of that film. Well, yeah. you, didn't, you could have invited me along to see it, but I didn't get to go. I would have gone to the premiere in LA with you if you'd taken me. Um, but no, and so he's huge and I've never really seen it because he's Captain America, isn't he? No. no, that's Chris Evans. That's the one I meant. Oh, okay. But you clearly also mean Chris, Chris Pine. Chris Pine as well. And yeah. Chris Pratt. I haven't seen a lot that he's done. You What about Parks and Recreation, the television program? Never watched. Wow, okay, interesting. Oh, wow. Never watched. Um, anyway. None of the Chris's. I think Chris Pine is the most, is the best of them. I go Chris Messina, but I'm an indie guy. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't count. <laughs> he's one of the he's, an odd, he's the Iron Chef Italian of Chris's. <laughs> Who's your favourite Chris? Pine. Of the of the Chris's. The Hollywood Chris's. Of the, the Hollywood Chris's. Is Chris Farley a Hollywood Chris? No. He's very funny. <laughs> We're talking Pine, Hemsworth, and what's his name from Captain America? Pratt. 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 Oh, yeah, Pine. see, I don't know yeah. enough about any of them to care. Anyway. Um, uh, the only Chris I like is Chris Kringle. Oh, that's cute. Because he gives me present. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's go to an ad break. And when we come back, we'll... What? Uh, oh, what, what, uh, the one film that you have seen. When we come back, we're going to be revealing <laughs> one film we have seen. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, we're back from the ad break and I've seen The Matrix. <laughs> cool. Um, I've seen uh, My Girl. And I've seen... Both Matrix Reloaded and My Girl 2. Did you like My Girl 2? I did like it. In many ways, I think it's better than the first. Yes, and in many other ways, it's It's much worse. (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't remember the plot of My Girl 2. What's the plot of she, My Girl uh, 2? She starts dating a guy, I think. Her, a her, who's going to end up being her cousin-in-law or whatever. Oh. Um, so she uh, decides to write a report on her mum who's dead. And so she goes to live in LA with her uncle um, and his, her uncle's new girlfriend and the girlfriend's son. Falls in love with the son. Oh, spoiler warning for My Girl 2, by the way. Falls in love with the son and then just travels around LA learning about her mum. Great. Not enough fucked sequels these days. That was a fucking fucked sequel because the movie was so, the first one was so iconic mm. and they're like, well, let's just make a second one, which just isn't. Yeah. It um, made me afraid of bees that first movie. Oh, yeah. Who hasn't cried in that film? I don't think I cried. Oh, can I ask one more question before the, please? Sure, me. What's the last movie that made you cry? Um, uh, the, uh, the one I watched last night. Yeah, yeah. What was uh, that? Oh, oh. No, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> My Girl 2, the opening film of the, <laughs> the opening film of <laughs> Melbourne International <laughs> Film Festival. Thank you so much for coming. My Girl 2 could not have happened without the Melbourne International <laughs> Film Festival premiere fund. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Emma, what's her name? Anna Shlumsky. Anna Shlumsky came to us with this brave and innovative idea of mm. My Girl 2 set in the streets of Melbourne. Mm. We couldn't, anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was the last movie I cried in. I'm trying in. to think. I think to... mine would have been something about a dog. Did you want, Did you cry in Barbie? No. God, I've been crying a lot in movies. Did you cry in Barbie? I cried in Barbie. When? Uh, at the end. When, it, when... when they took the men down? Yeah. <laughs> when, they fu- when she fucking disrespected Ken like that. Oh, I'm talking like Niagara Falls, mate. Wow. I, Niagara I, Falls crying. Yeah. My one would be uh, the Pedro Almodovar movie Parallel Mothers. Oh. That really killed me. I love that movie so yeah, much. Fair. Oh, actually, I know the answer. Mm-hmm. It's The Survivor, the one we just watched recently. Did that make you cry? What's yeah. The Survivor? It's a 2021 film. This was, a, it was a good, this was one of those great examples of picking, why picking an actor is better than picking a director. Although people would pick this director as well. Yeah, true. Um, it's a movie yeah, called The Survivor about a survivor of Auschwitz called Harry oh, wow. Haft who survived Auschwitz by doing boxing matches with oh other gosh. inmates to the death. Good and, Lord. And, but it's, it's told, the story is told um, from his perspective post-war Becoming a boxer. Whoa. Um, and with flashbacks to um, the concentration camp. Wow. Rayman himself, Barry Levinson, directed this Ooh. movie. Yeah. It's a, it was a, it's technically a talent movie. I think it was for HBO, but uh, yeah, it's very special. Well, that's not Hans, Zimmer, Hans Zimmer did the music for it. HBO, no, it's, a, it's box office at yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that Hans Zimmer. Okay. Oh, it's all, yeah, the, one of the scenes this. in that, I shed a tear. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the movie is called Shader. I can't believe I watched the whole movie and I didn't pick up on the name. It's called Shader. Uh, and I, I cried. Mm. It was one of those movies where it's very, very subtle. And I was like, you know those movies where they really creep up on you? Where yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. It's very moving, but I don't know what's happening or what the point they're mm-hmm. making. And then like the second to last scene, I was just like. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And then I and I was a, a, a plus one of a friend, and he was kind of at work because he works for cinemas and stuff. Mm. And he was there, like being like, "Hey, how's how are you?" Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Oh, thank you so much." And then there was like someone from Mad Men was there, and they're like, "Oh, did you enjoy the movie that we're releasing?" Because they were all in work mode, and mm. I was like, "It was beautiful. It was so beautiful." <laughs> 
Um, so let's do a little description of Carlito's way. I'm so excited to discuss this with you, my friends. Wow. God, we took 17 minutes. Yeah. God forbid we do a shortage. Yeah. Now that's more mission, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> None of this four minute shit. What was that? All right, let's do this. Let's talk about Carlito's way. This is probably the worst intro I've ever done. So please fill in. Oh gaps. God. Okay. Carlito's Way is a 1993 gangster film. Hey, that's pretty good for an intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So far, so cool. Directed by Brian De Palma. Well, that's, that's relevant. Actually accurate. And written by David Coep. David well, Coep. I thought that was an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. Do you know it's also based on a book by Edwin Torres, who was a judge? Oh, I, I feel didn't like know he was a Lexi judge. Could do the blurb. Well, this is what I thought. I thought, why write a good blurb when Alexi can really <laughs> fill us in? <laughs> that can be your first job, Alexi, is like, <laughs> what should we fill people in? Carlito's well. T- Carlito's well. Carlito's well. Carlito's oh, well. Goodness the gracious me. Zach Ruane. <laughs> Carlito's well. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know God. what it's because the next word is tells. Oh, oh so I'm there putting we them go. together. Carlito's way tells. Carlito's way tells. The story of. Anyone, anyone want to Carlito hear? Carlito Brigante. I, was, I just said Carlito. Oh, but wow. Carlito Brigante. I know his full name. Carlito Brigante. And then I did an open bracket. What did I say next? I reckon you put the actor's name. And that is? Alfredo James Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> a New York gangster of Puerto Rican heritage, but looks Italian and someone says that, who has just gotten out of prison after five years and wants to go legit. Hmm. Unfortunately, while he was in prison, despite doing a lot of therapy, he didn't learn any assertive communication. I've been rehabilitated. <laughs> <laughs> rejuvenated Now I'm irresimilated So he can't say no And he gets in more and more trouble Johnny legs his baby legs in this And he plays a young up and coming gangster Who frequents the club that Carlito is running He is only in a few scenes But his character packs a wallop Wow Very good I think the use of the word wallop Instantly <laughs> makes that blurb Like at least a 6 out of 10 I agree Wallop is a wonderful yeah. word Wallop took it from a 4 to a 6 Doesn't he pack a wallop? He, yeah, does. he does pack a wallop Can I I would like to Can I start? Mish, you have the floor. You have the floor, Mish. I, I want to I start by saying when I watched this film. Yes. So I'd never seen, we've discussed, neither Zach or I had ever this seen this big, film. This was one of those wow. big ones we hadn't now, seen. Now, Zach literally knew nothing about the film. Wow. I knew some weird little tidbits about it, right? Mm-hmm. But that's it. You'd cop the glimpse when a, your a mother's little, watching the movie. An itty bitty glimpse, right? Mm. I'd seen a titty, I'd seen a gunshot. Yeah, just a flash of yeah, breast. A you breast and the, a gunshot. I knew that was in there. Cop the glimpse of Al Pacino staring through a door with about to burst through. through because he saw or titty. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, I. So we locked in this movie only two days ago or something mm-hmm. like that, three days ago. Well, because we had it in waiting. It was in yes. our pocket. We were yeah. waiting for you to come to the Melbourne. Lady in Alexi. And then Alexi's here in Melbourne. So mm-hmm. we're like, well, we've got to watch it. Now, I've had a really busy few days. Yeah. So the only time I could watch this movie was this morning. Mm-hmm. Same so babe. I watched Carlito's Way over breakfast while, Whoa. like, like very tired. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was out very late last night with work and I. I was so exhausted eating my toast and kiwi fruits, watching Carlito's Way. And I would say not the ideal time to watch Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way is an 8.30 p.m., mm-hmm. like post-dinner film. You've had your dinner, you sit down. Yeah, you finish your dinner. You, you finish maybe, your dinner. because Maybe this a was, block of chocolates is okay. This was so full on. I've seen a lot of film in my life and it was just because of the timing and the breakfast 
I was just like, this is just a lot for me to take in. It that's felt great. very intense. Mm. I love your owning of that. I, I feel like that's a big thing we do on this podcast, yeah. Alexi. You own your viewership. Yeah. We, because I, don't, I think that's a context that's important. I think so. Mm. Everyone should, at the start of every review, someone should be like, okay, here are the circumstances in which I viewed this. I was in a Allow my bi- biases to be displayed. Yes. I think that's a great idea. Quite genuinely, every reviewer should do that. Just like, I had a fight with my wife mm-hmm. before I stepped into the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about yeah. that. Well, also, we've, I, I just wanted to make it very... We've talked previously about, like, we've watched movies and been like, if you're having dinner while watching this, what you should be eating when yeah. you're watching that movie, finish your dinner before yeah. you watch this film. No food should be... Not even the popped corn, I should say. A magnum. Uh, you could have, a magnum, a, you could have an loved, ice cream cone. I'd like that crack of the magnum during this movie. It would be quite nice. Yeah, I yeah. I think this is a movie where... I want Magnum something movie. like Magnum the movie, movie. I want to be eating something a little bit rich and a yeah. little bit naughty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Alexi, this is a big one for you. You requested this. Mm-hmm. You said you would be willing to come back on this podcast I'd... that has put you through hell <laughs> for this. Tell us why you love Carlito's Way. Oh, my. I actually don't even know where to start. Because yeah, I great. actually think this is truly, from the first time I saw it, this was an instant favorite, mm. and okay. it has grown to be one of my true favorite movies. Mm. Um, I actually prefer it to the other Brian De Palma Al Pacino doing a Latino American accent uh, <laughs> film. I think this is far superior to Scarface, yeah. um, and I think what what I love about this one it is like. It's Brian De Palma's answer to pure cinema. And by pure mm. cinema, I mean like the Alfred Hitchcockian sense of pure cinema of um, not just writing a movie with text and mm-hmm. words and dialogue, but telling a movie and telling a story through uh, the art of cinema, of uh, through camera, through sound. And I think De Palma has always subscribed to that kind of yeah, ideology yeah. in making films. But I think this film actually really beautifully presents it mm-hmm. because he he's someone that's so visual and creates like these really interesting visual montage like and mm-hmm. also through like one shot all this kind of visual technique to emotionally tell a story and i think carlito the character there's something about this character i think brian De Palma really relates to artistically mm. Because I remember reading he didn't really want to do this movie because he'd already... The didn't. The Palma, he'd already explored this kind of stuff with Al Pacino very yeah. directly in Scarface. He's like, well, why would I want to do this again? And then I think he reads the script. And to me, as like a someone who... I love, Brenda Palma is one of my fellas. Yeah. He's one of my gr- favorite grub auteurs. I think he's one of the great <laughs> yeah. grubs of cinema. And what he... A grub is right, actually. He's a real grub. Yeah. He's got, done a lot of grub flicks that are some of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Um, but I think... There's something about Carlito Brigante and like thinking about this movie again, you know, I said I wouldn't get a chance to watch it. It was just like, can we please do Carlito's Way? When you said, can you do the podcast? I'm like, that's We already had you booked for Carlito's mm-hmm. Way, man. And I was like, okay, because I don't need to watch it. I'll be honest, confession, I watched it again. Yeah, I did. did. I watched it before I left the house to come this down morning? to Melbourne. Oh. No, yesterday. I watched yeah, it while great. I was doing, while I was working, but I was like, no, I just zoned back in. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I, and uh, what really caught me was... Um, for the first time, this was something I noticed was Brian De Palma. The way he like sh- he he stages scenes, he doesn't really talk about it too much. But it's something that you kind of can't help but notice is like he really captures a really powerful sense of geography of yeah. like how his scenes play out. Mm. And there's a scene early on in the movie where Carlito has gotten out of jail. 
uh, on the technicality. He gets out on the technicality. He's not yeah. an innocent man. He gets <laughs> out on the technicality. That. I also love that scene where he's like, does this huge speech, like, I've been re- rehabilitated. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. And then he goes with his cousin or whatever, and you immediately get this sense of him going like, you cannot break the life of crime. Mm. And I think it's what mm. I, that's the theme I love about this movie. Is like, you're in this world, you can't freaking get out of it. Mm. He goes with his cousins who go to this drug deal that is set up to go bad. It's yeah. one, it's, it's like my one of my favorite scenes in the whole film. It, it's like masterful stuff yeah. on it's every incredible. level. It's incredible. Yeah, sorry, please explain it. And yeah. that performance by Pacino in that, where he's like, he's, he knows something. He knows off. what's but, going but on. But we on. know something's off. Mm-hmm. It's the incredible. We're, we're literally in it with him. We're like, something's about to happen. It's it's a, like everyone else in the room doesn't know what we and Carlito know. Mm. And, and it's so amazing because it is, there, there is no obvious visual cue. There's yeah. the, the crack of the door, there's, mm-hmm. but there's very you see that little. light flickering oh. and stuff. Yeah, and then those shots to him with the red brick wall mm-hmm. behind him—it's incredible. There's very little, like, if it was theatre, talking mm. about pure cinema. Yeah. If that scene was theatre, it you it would there is nothing in the text that would convey to an mm-hmm. audience that mm. something is wrong. Mm-hmm. The only reason we're told something is wrong is through through all of the cinematic technique. Yeah. Sorry, but sorry, you were talking about geography, and so that scene—it's like, like you said, it's pure cinema, like the mm. way it's built up. But I, to me, seeing it this time around was. Carlito is playing in De Palma's, like, with De Palma's tools because he is basically That's figuring right. out the geography mm. of the scene of going like, well, there's someone in that bathroom. There's someone here. But while he's doing that, he's putting on this flamboyant performance of like playing like a this, trick shot, this yeah. trick shot of yeah. pool and stuff. And he's like owning the scene. He's using his charisma. Mm. But I think seeing this movie, it's like you see – um, the Al Pacino character, Carlito Brigante, he's like a survivor. Mm. Every kind of decision that he's made has at first, I think, been um, direct survival of like, you know, self-defense and all that type of stuff. But then it becomes, goes from being survival to uh, preempting like self-defense, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, to every kind of move is to survive. And you see that is like he plays geography the same way that Brian De Palma stages geography in his films. Mm, so, so to cool. me, reading again, I was like, well, he probably was attracted to the romantic that's aspects so of this film because I think the romantic aspect is like what makes this really beautiful. Yeah, And yeah. then that character probably being someone that sees the world literally in a similar way that he does. Mm. That's such a great take. Yeah, I, you should look into yeah, you should film critic. Look well, into criticism. <laughs> yeah. I hate to break it to you. I'm actually a very well-respected film critic <laughs> as well as being a disrespected comedian. Um, I, I, uh, I, I, I feel like they say it's good with a podcast to sort mm-hmm. of hold off your judgment mm-hmm. until the end, but I, I want to just sort of own this and say I watched it this morning as well. Mm. Uh, but what did you I, have for breakfast? While you uh, I had a chicken sandwich, which is pretty yeah. crazy. That's an interesting breakfast. Yes. I uh, I am kind of off breakfast foods at the moment. A and lot I want of people say, what comes first, a chicken or the egg? In the case of this, the freaking chicken comes first. <laughs> 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 which is quite untraditional for a breakfast. Well, I, I, uh, it's funny that I feel shame that I had a chicken sandwich mm. for breakfast. <laughs> Was that a Seven Eleven chicken sandwich? No, or did you no, make it was it? a nice one. It was a nice. I made it. Yes, it was like leftover chicken. Was it refrigerated sandwich? Uh, the sandwich or did you was leave not it on refrigerated. The counter, you dirty girl. <laughs> the chicken, the chicken salad, yeah. was refrigerated. Oh, okay. The bread was. was uh, so you made the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This story keeps evolving. <laughs> Um, but I watched it. I watched it in the spare room. Yep. Wow! Uh, and I had the lights out, and I really sort of I I, I went quite uh, cinematic with it in the sense that lights I sort of, I locked myself out of the phone and I I turned yeah. out the lights mm. and I watched it and I'm so glad I did. Um, 
here's what I'll say about it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say. I've never really gotten De Palma. Mm. I've never really, like, mm-hmm. gotten what he was going for. I've always felt like he was style over substance, mm. which is a very overused uh, concept and accusation. But I've always just sort of felt like there was stuff that was happening that was for the sake of it. Mm. This is This is the first time... That I've gotten him mm. to the level that I want to go back and rewatch his other films wow. and reappraise. Mm. Yeah, because everything you said is exactly how I felt. I I think it's better than Scarface, one hundred percent. Absolutely, Carrie. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I, like. You don't I, like Carrie. I like the first, the same as the book. I like the first half. I think that's a movie. That's a story mm. that can never. Um, I'm talking about Carrie now, but that's a story that can never truly meet the expectations of its build up. Mm. It's all build, 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 and then you're like, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I disagree. I think that climax is the best shit ever. He yeah, did I a great it job with it. Yeah. I think I just, I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, but you, wait, I'm going to rewatch. You're going to go back and you're going to change your mind. I got to rewatch. Yeah, because get used to singing a different tune. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> because it just felt like this was the first time I'd really understood mm-hmm. him using the tools in his toolkit to convey something. Mm. And not only that, I thought it was really interesting because if I were to, to describe the movie better than my intro, if yeah. I were to say it's a movie about a gangster that gets out of prison and he's going to go clean but he gets sucked back into it. He's been re- be rehabilitated. <laughs> I just, it's my favourite line read ever. <laughs> rehabilitated, reassimilated. <laughs> if I were to do that, you would you would hear that and you would go, oh, my God, I've seen that movie yeah. a million, billion yeah. times. There's no way that this is special or mm-hmm. interesting or a unique perspective. Mm-hmm. But I, it is the most human version of mm. this story that I have ever seen. Mm. I really, really, really felt so much compassion for the character. I mm. really felt like he wanted to get out and it was the world around him that wouldn't yeah. let him. Mm. And it just, I thought it was so beautiful. And I, I, and, and I think there was something, I think we should talk about the romance mm. because there's something about, you know, like, you meet this character. What was her name? You'd know her name. Uh, Gail. Gail. Who is the mum from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's when I saw her. I was like, that's who she bloody yeah. is. Penelope She's also in that um, Baldwin film. The Shadow. The Shadow. Yeah, The Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you meet this character and it's like, I've met a million characters like mm-hmm. this. I'm going to see an actress given not enough scenes, not enough lines mm. and doing the best they can with yeah. her. And then to realise how much she's the heart of the film Mm -hmm. and how much Mm -hmm. his relationship with her is properly explored and properly given time. Yeah. I just was like so blown away with the the heart of Mm. it. Like from De Palma. Yeah. Yeah. A well-written, well-rounded female character from De Palma, Zachary Wayne. i got to give this guy a second shot. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, De Palma. It's going to be okay. Zach might get on board. No, I'm completely completely on board with that. I thought that their relationship was really, really beautiful. Yeah. To the point where, and this is the big spoiler, at the end, (gasps) when he dead, Mm -hmm. um, her, her, like often with, um, I find anyway, because... Gangster films, right? The film of the whole the gangsters coming out and they're trying to redeem themselves, but I'm they can't come up. <laughs> I want the world to know. Um, uh, I, I'm not. I, they're not my favourite films, right? Yeah, and often the female characters in those films are some tits. Careful, and- mate. Careful, because you might say something that's never been said before. <laughs> 
What do you mean? I'm just making a joke that you're about to say a very fair point. That's, oh, okay. Very, that's, that's true. Um, Here we go. Uh, yeah, they're often just not like well explored. No. They're often there to be boobs and um, ang- um, a reason to make the men and angry. dare I say butts too. <laughs> yeah, and, and bottoms. <laughs> but mostly they're a reason for the male characters to be, get, get mad about something, mm, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that she was so, so well developed and so much so that at the end I didn't want him to die yeah. for her sake. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. I was really invested in her life and where she was going. She preggers as and she was like where her life was going and mm. it was just so sad to see um, how much his death has now stunted her life. Yeah. I think those four primary performances in this movie of Pacino, Johnny Legs, uh, Gail, Penelope Ann Miller mm. and um, – Sean Penn oh. as Kleinfeld. Oh. Yeah, no. I think f- they are all like sublime. Pitch I, I hope perfect. this. I hope pitch perfect. I would like to think that what I'm about to say will um, make you go, "Oh, yeah. Alexi," but I think you probably know it already. Uh, Sean Penn, Brian De Palma, and John Leguizamo back together again mm-hmm. after Casualties of War. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So they all did. We've already done an episode of Casualties of War, mm. which is an incredibly which, depressing film. But actually, also great. I think I've, I've really got good. this idea yeah. in my head of who De Palma is. That's well, because he's, actually... he's a grub too. He's a grub. Can't help it. He's a grub. Well, I love Carrie. I love yeah. Carrie. I think mm. I think it's just like it's iconic. Like yeah. I love the build. I yeah. think it's very similarly to Carlito's way, but not at all. It's that we know something's about to mm-hmm. happen. And it's the when's it happening, when's it happening. And there are multiple times in this movie. Because, I mean, you literally see in the opening credits that he dies. You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah, that one. Let's go back and have a look. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I tell you what. Also, I love the fucking narration in this movie. I think it's so beautiful. It's like poetry, yeah. It's like, lots out. Here comes the last train to... I'm shaking now. She made me promise I wouldn't fill my boots with blood. And like, you know, it's, I love it's like it. poetry. It's very romantic. Um, Not I like there was a line. Like it's there for a purpose. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to fucking butcher it now. But there was a line in the um, narration that was like, her heart was too big to fit in this city or something. Yeah. Really beautiful line. I was just like, oh, oh. oh it's so I, good. It's so good. You know the scene that really surprised me, that really like with their relationship, was the one in the strip club? Was the one that Oh, it's my like, God. It's so crazy. That how, scene is great. Yeah. It, it's just I've seen a scene like that. I apologize. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically just if, if I think you should just watch it. But basically it's the scene... Where he go, he finds out that she's an exotic dancer. Yeah. He goes to the club, and you think he's gonna. I mean, every Scorsese movie, mm. he's gonna go. He's gonna be a prick about yep. it, and it's gonna be this long sort of back and forth scene. Mm. Mm. I can't believe I'm like now that I'm getting on board with the Palmer, I'm gonna yeah. shit on Scorsese. Fucking Scorsese! It's like one <laughs> and the other at the same yeah. amount. It, but no, but De Palma, it's just, I just was like, I know exactly how this scene is going to play mm. out. And this is the writing. This is David Co- Cope, did you say? I, I don't know. I always Cope. say Cope. I thought it was Cope. Yeah. Um, but I, the, this scene. It's Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Every line I'm going to say has been cheated for the rest of the podcast. But this scene is one. beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so human. And they're both so... Com- like interesting mm. with how they approach the way he just is like he's a bit of a prick because yep. it's in his nature, mm. and then she confronts him in a way that's not like woo. It's like really direct and like mm. look, this isn't the ideal job, but like, are you telling me that 
The way she said, you, you, have a, sa- you killed someone. Yeah, have yeah. you killed anyone? Yeah. And it's like, it's such a good boy. And no one ever says this in these yeah. movies. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. And then he's, and what does he say? He is, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. But I also think it's like, I love that he's kind of thinking, he goes like, you know, yeah, he, like, it's a bit, basically he admits that he's wrong for like thinking this about her job and stuff. Yeah. And he like understands her. I think it's like, it's really cool, especially him. Where, like, you know, her ambition is to dance. Like, that's what she wants in her life mm. is to be a dancer. And she's found a career which is the only way she can express herself through mm. physically, like, the movement of her body, the mm. rhythm of it. And, like, even that's something that he loves. And when as soon as he understands that, it's, like, beautiful. Because there's also that scene where you see her dancing at the club with oh, this Italian with that guy. guy. Yeah. And then, like, um, you know, Sean Penn, Kleinfeld's like, it's like, he's touching her ass. I believe those are hips. Is that what he says? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That like, isn't an ass. But those are hips. But the way that he's talking about it and like watching her, it's like you're seeing him living because he can't dance like that. And you're seeing yeah. him like love fall for his, like the person he cares about most in the world mm. and loves her so deeply. And he's like, wow, he can see her like be alive in this. Mm. And there's this thing as well, there's almost this um, expectation or understanding that mm. the audience knows the genre tropes. Yeah. So that because we know how characters like this act, mm-hmm. usually, we see when he chooses not to act like that, we're seeing someone fighting with themselves. Yeah. We're seeing this, like we're seeing him, we know what his, we know what is in his nature mm. because of the genre mm. tropes. So we see that he's working to not be that way. Mm. Yeah, It's something like really, the way it plays off our expectations, it's a very, very clever and good, 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 good film. It's a lovely motion picture. A lovely motion picture. It's so good. It's, it, I was just very, very impressed. And mm. also, I feel like De- Brian De Palma, this is the thing I want to... I think Brian De Palma always does one more take for fun. Let's see mm. what we got. And he includes those takes. Yeah. And I love him for that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a lot of what you're doing. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I you get be- that little perfect, perfect little line ready there. Now. <laughs> I can be a real prick when it comes to like dramas from mm. the... 70s, 80s, and some early 90s. And new where, stuff. Well, yeah, well, when, no, when it's over two hours, I can yeah. often be like, come on now. Like, mm. for example, a very good example is Raging Bull, right? Yeah. Great film. I just find it to be incredibly long. Mm. And like, and that, it's probably a reflection on what a piece of shit I am. No, no, I don't think so. Because you like what you like. Yeah. That's all you yeah. can do. So when I was looking up, okay, what time do I have to wake up this morning so I can watch Carlito's <laughs> Way before I podcast? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's two and a half hours yeah. long. I'm going to fucking kill myself. No, oh thank my God, God you did it. I'm thank so God. glad I didn't kill myself. Saved you. Yeah. Why did she do it? It, Indian but reinvigorated. it, it, it totally, it totally. <laughs> Kept me for two, mm. and that that like for something that like so the scenes were long and the yeah. chats were big. It was like nah, I was in there. It was really fucking sick. And I there were that. scenes that were like not plot related, but it was a character study. So yeah. they were, it, it felt like everything that was in there was there for the journey of mm. it. Absolutely. And I think one thing that is. I think really interesting for me about this movie, because unlike you, I love gangster movies. It probably is like my favorite type of movie or like when I want a yeah. genre, it's like gangsters oh, what I gravitate so towards. And I think partly it was like my introduction to cinema, but partly it's like the first genre that fascinated me because um, one, I think they're like they're migrant stories and it's yeah. like the way to like tell to cinematically tell a migrant story because it's all about like that rise, that fall Mm. or for, and it's an American genre, gangster movies. They're international obviously now, but it's like the, because it was an early cinematic genre, 
that wasn't like as known elsewhere. It's like really happens in movies first mm. that um, people, because it's so tied to like the 20th century and like industrialism mm. and mm. capitalism and stuff that people, I think it's like, it's very cinematic genre and it's like the first new genre of things happening mm. that feels very cinematic. And so it's the first time you're seeing like those migrant stories being told in that way that are very, you know, cinematic or somewhat action oriented or whatever. Mm. But then also when they first start in the 1930s and the 1920s, there's like this rip from the headlines quality from for, to them yeah. where they're like, they're really speaking to stuff that's happening right now, mm. then and there. And then I think for me, it's a really interesting genre because it evolves that through that kind of way. And then when you have Kalita's way, it's almost like a revisionist gangster movie. Sure, mm. you had like Godfather's a revisionist gangster movie. Um, Goodfellas a revisionist gangster movie. But there's something to the quality of this one where it feels like those 1930s ones, perhaps because it like New York looks like a set. Like it doesn't mm. doesn't always look like New York. Sometimes it feels like a closed off set that you've seen in other movies or something. Like it could you kind of looks see like him, West Side Story. Sometimes totally, like, <laughs> you could see him walk past like Central Perk Cafe or yeah, whatever yeah. you know. Like it, it feels points. like it's in it. Yeah, you see, it's mm. like there's something mm. about it's um it it lives inside the genre. It's mm. like it's as much about. <laughs> the genre as it is about the I, I, it's hard to place what I but yeah I think the city is such a good example yeah. of that I think stylistically though in saying that West Side Story thing there is that element of like if one of them had broken out into song at mm -hmm. some point it wouldn't have been out of yeah. out no, of tune I can completely. take my eyes off of you <laughs> I apologize <Yeah. laughs> I apologize <laughs> do, you, do you know what I do you know what other little thing I loved this is I don't even know what, why I loved it or what what, what I'm why I'm saying this is the club that he buys into and a lot of the film is set in, A, some of the best fucking set design mm. ever. I think it was my favourite set I've ever seen. That club yeah. is incredible. Oh, so Great good. club. Uh, but it's it's um, located underneath mm -hmm. the railway, like mm. that sort of Brooklyn style. Yeah. And that's a thing I've seen in a lot of movies. I feel like that under the railway is such a... Uh, a trope of the of not just the genre, but movies set in New York almost always have, the, because it's so cinematic, it's so mm. beautiful. But there was something I loved that that I almost don't see it as the underside of a train mm. track. I see it as this like it, it uh, as a genre trope or as a, a location or as like a, a mise en scène, you know. Mm. So then when he runs up and gets on the train, <laughs> it like fucked me up. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah! Yeah, like we're here mm. not just because because it looks cool, but because there's a scene at the end of the movie where he has to get on a train. Yeah. I just loved that. Yeah. Well, I think as well when you see the, him dying in the opening credits at a train station, mm -hmm. when you see him all of a sudden enter the train station, it's that, oh, yeah. fuck. The tragedy emerges. And yeah. the fact that it's been there the whole time, it's yeah. like not yeah. just, this isn't just putting a gun on a mantelpiece, it's like the gun mm. has been there the whole time yeah. through the whole movie. But yeah. you're still convinced it's going to work out okay. Like yeah. you're so convinced by Carlito. Yeah, and you're hoping. For you, like, even though you know it's you're just like, mm. come on now, like, please, yeah. please. Like, it, and also, everyone who got shot in this film at some point lived yeah. before they got shot again. Yeah, yeah. That's, true. that's 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 everyone in this movie has two lives, yeah, <laughs> honestly. And I know we talked about this when we did um Miami Vice, uh, but that kind of thing in action films 
very, very big in the 80s, but like obviously well into the early 90s too, where when you're shooting at someone, you just shower bullets. There's no aim. Mm. It's just I'm going to shower this place in bullets. Everyone gets out of it until someone gets shot in the chest and then they live. Mm. Like I've just, it's such, it's so ridiculous to me. Mm. It's funny. But like it's just that like I'm just going to shoot and like it's just, I don't think in real life if you wanted to kill somebody, you would just go and let loose in the fucking bar. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Uh, <laughs> should we talk about the man of the hour? Of course we should. Because mm. I think that John Leguizamo, this to me is my favourite performance of his. And I actually do think it's it's one of the roles that he's known for. Mm. I think it's like become a signature role. Absolutely. But also because I think that this this film, and not unlike the other uh, Al Pacino, Brian De Palma gangster mm. movie, has lived on a lot in like hip-hop culture. Mm. And I think that... Um, there's something about the Benny Blanco character that is, it's. I think it's really exciting. And mm. part of it is because you only ever see this character through the eyes of Carlito, mm. who is someone who was Benny Blanco. He was this like young gangster at one point mm. in time trying to like take over, trying to like have like to, to, to build somewhat of an empire. Slightly too big for his boots kind mm -hmm. of deal, yeah. And he, so I, it's obvious he sees so much of himself in there, but because of where he, he where Carlito is in his life, he can only see him with regret and all he wants to do is to just go, this person can't exist in my world. Mm. So he just immediately tries to diminish him mm. to his own demise eventually. Mm. But at every point along the way, it's like a complete denial of this guy. Fuck, that's interesting. Because it's like, it's like, that you've just made me think. It's like he... <laughs> my he, purpose has been served. How very dare you. Um, it's like he can't get out of it, but he's not going to kind of... Uh, water the garden that mm. is the new generation of people who mm -hmm. could end up just like him. That is so interesting, yeah. Alexi. And it's, I think the performance is fucking amazing because he's like, he's like this yappy little dog, yeah. basically. It's so good. And he's it's like, like a, yeah, he is. Yeah. It's like, um, he's so, he's dangerous. Like it feels, there's a really, Dangerous performance, and right like, from the start, like, right even the start. when there's that respect and that, mm. like, like you're like, you know that that's mm. like on a knife's edge, right from mm. the start. It feels doomed. Like there's a lot of this movie. It's a tragedy that's like beautiful and romantic and sweet and dark, but then it's like there's that danger because you're like, well, it has to be a tragedy. I've seen that mm. things aren't going to end out well for Kalido, or you yeah. think that they're not going to end out well for Kalido. And I think that first time you meet Benny Blanco, uh, the John Leguizamo character, it's I think fascinating because mm. he has he comes in feeling so much power. The power is immediately pulled away from him by Carlito. And then it's him trying to suck up and like love yeah. on Carlito, where it's like, okay, we're gonna pay. And it's like, yeah, you gotta, you know, you not to pay him, you gotta pay the waiter, you fucking idiot, or whatever mm. he's saying to that guy. Like, yeah. I love his performance in that moment because it's just like, oh, I've lost my power. Well, what can I do? I'm now a beta in a world where I've been an alpha for like the last 10 years mm. or whatever. So I'll be an alpha to as many people as I can be, mm -hmm. but I'll show respect to yeah. the alpha. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's so dynamic and the way that it keeps changing and it keeps continually trying trying to impress him. Mm. And I think the second time we see him further down, where I I think that's... The champagne scene where he tries to... Oh. I actually think that's maybe some of Johnny Legg's best acting ever. Cool. Do you know what I'll also say is like, think about, put yourself in Johnny Legg's uh, shoes in this moment. Mm -hmm. Like how young he is. Mm. Mm. Like... To play a character full of fucking yeah 
Well, he'd only at this point been making movies for about three years. Mm-hmm. Previous to that, his, like, I mean, uh, Miami Vice was his television debut and that was mm-hmm. 1989. So this and was they didn't even have a jacket that could fit, fit yeah. him. <laughs> exactly. He was a little baby boy. <laughs> and this was only four years later, presumably filmed three years after that. So he was very new. This yeah. is, a, I mean, we've been mm-hmm. talking Casualties a lot of about... wars before this, right? 1991 or two. Okay. Yeah. And, and then uh, Super Mario Brothers is 93. 93 as well. Yeah. But this was, um, this was like... Uh... So he's already a big Broadway star, right? Like he's been doing his one-man shows. I think he's and all done that one, one-man He's done one. He did uh, uh, Mambo Mouth at this yeah. point, I think. I might have he's, that wrong. He, this is his, like, it's, it, I mean, he's credited with an introduced, <laughs> by, like, introducing Johnny Legs. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about and John Leguizamo. This is introducing Wait, John in this Leguizamo. movie, he's introducing. In, that's what the credit is. Whoa. Now, he's done movies, but, but I he's think being introduced. To this me. is yeah. his, like, yeah. this is his debutante ball. Yeah. You know? well, <laughs> in, like, if you look like... at Casualties of War, it would be introducing Sean Penn. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, this is, like, because Michael yeah. J. Fox is in that movie and he's, like, an old hat. Sean yep. Penn is massive in that film. He would be introducing. Yeah. John Leguizamo is one of three or four other men there who's also um, John C. Riley, isn't yeah. there somewhere? Yeah. Skinny John. What a cast. I actually think... Can what I a s- cast! That, I, yeah. We could just... I wish we'd had you on for Casualties of War. I'm, I'm actually, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could have done it. No, it's, I don't know. It's it's a, we it's were just like we we. Uh, that was one of those ones we, where we had to talk about it yeah. beforehand because like. Well, we didn't know what it was about. Yeah, yeah and that is a heavy. Well, the title. title says a lot. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, not quite. Yeah, um, I would actually. I'm going to reinterpret a word that you said. Introducing, I actually think one thing about Casualty of War, reintroducing Sean Penn because we know him as Spicoli. Yeah, and that's like oh, more. His people know him as Spicoli. Casualties yeah. of War is something else. And now I think this is like when this movie to me is like that next phase of his career where it's like, yeah. okay, now he's doing something different. There was a line that was in the narration because the narration was mm. my favorite shit where they. Uh, there was a shot. It was it was during the dancing scene when she was dancing mm. with Al Pacino's mate or some guy, yeah. and he was like getting pissy about him dancing. And yeah. they they described him as having bad drinker eyes. Oh, wow. and then they did a Is shot. This Sean Penn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the narration yeah. was like, I looked over and I could see that my friend, the lawyer, what's his mm. name, David Kleinfeld, David Kleinfeld, Kleinfeld. <laughs> I could see that Kleinfeld had bad drinker eyes. And there's a shot of Sean Penn, and it is just. Mm. He has bad drinker eyes. Man, drunk is the hardest. It's kind of so hard, thing. but it yeah. was it was really good. It was like I had like I went cold. I was like, and I've known some bad drinkers, and I was like, that's very good. Yeah. If, there's that's also very there was good. also just a real sense, and I'll loop back around to Johnny Legs, the man of the hour. Yeah. But I, I want to talk <laughs> about Sean Penn. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about. Uh, Sean Penn, because it is, there's also just like a real sense with that character of like, there's a, this genre has a lot of like the internal code or like, Mm. you know, we have this idea of right and wrong. Honour among thieves. Honour among thieves, uh, to quote a movie that I was in the Australian release of. (laughs) Um, But this one really conveyed it with his character. This is someone who is a bad person. Yeah. Like who's a worm, a worm of a guy. (laughs) He's he's an absolute worm of a bloke. And it's like when they're, I love it where Khalid is like, you know, you're no longer a lawyer, you become a gangster. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that corruption and that greed from this guy. And I think um, it's just, it's such a wicked performance because it's crazy. Mm. Yeah. It, you can't, you, you watch it and go, who is this little character actor they found? Yeah. Oh, it's major leading man, Sean Penn. Yeah. Who's and, got a perm and shaved yeah, his hairline down. Yeah, but could they make anyone look more like a worm while also looking like 
a perfectly realistic lawyer yeah. that would be, you know. But I, I thought Sean Penn was pretty fucking phenomenal in this movie. I should. I just want to loop back around to Johnny Leguizamo, the man of the hour, and just back to the idea of just like get coming back to. Could you imagine? Coming onto a set with Al Pacino, yeah. oh doing God. scenes with Al Pacino. In a gangster film. And Al Pacino in like a working with a director he knows kind of vibe. Like yeah. Al Pacino in his element yeah. and then having to play a character that thinks he's bigger than him and better yeah. than him. Like like I would I would struggle so you'd just be so like, oh thank you so much. But he just fucking does John Leguizamo it. said that this was the film that he learned how to act in. Like Whoa, this was the one that made really? him. Yeah. He was like, I learned how to act in this film. Mm, I love that. Nice. Yeah, uh, he's like I took more lessons from that film than I've in any other film. That's the one that taught mm. me how to act, and I've taken that with me. I'll always thank Brian for that. Wow. Can I ask you too, Mish? Because this is your first time seeing this. This role has it somewhat been hyped up to you as like being a key? No, it was always like similar. Like I knew bits of this. Like I knew that it was. Unfortunately, I knew. Uh, that John Leguizamo's character killed Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. And I wish I didn't know that going mm. in, but I'd seen the scene. Like yeah. like so in my journey of making this podcast, that had been like made apparent to me and I kind of kind mm-hmm. of got an understanding of what this film was about. Um, and obviously people who like John Leguizamo love this film. Mm. There's very few people that when we say, oh, we do a podcast about John Leguizamo who are like, oh, I love him. Yeah. But people who love John mm. love this movie. And it's one of the ones that comes up when you show yeah. a photo of John. When you go, I do a podcast about John Leguizamo and people go, who? Who does? Then you show them a photo. One oh, of the Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Mm. Yeah. Well, they usually just say, Carlito's way. <laughs> but yeah. sometimes they say, Benny Blanco. <laughs> and sometimes they might say Carlito Wells, but. Yeah, Carlito as well. But no, it, it was definitely um, one that I was very excited to watch mm. when we first started this pod fucking three years ago. Yeah. I was like, I'm really excited to get to Carlito's way. And what a time it's been. Yeah. A, lot, s- a lot's happened in my life in three years, and this is a highlight. <laughs> Wow. What do you see in that role? What do you think about it feels uniquely Legazamo? Well, firstly, the only being in like the first third of the film and mm-hmm. then coming back at the it's end, very John. You yeah. get three check-in points. Yeah, three scenes. Mm-hmm. Three, that's Lincoln Lawyer, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. Miami Vice, that, that's heaps. There's so many. What, it's a treat that he gets a scene per act. Usually yeah. it's two in the first act, one in the third. Mm. Yeah. That's usually the John Legazamo. I would argue that this one had two in the first, and his scene was the final of the first act, the one where they took him to the alley. That was the yeah. end of act one. Oh, I thought that was in act two. Oh, well, whatever. That's yeah. how I kind of define <laughs> I, That's how I separated the film in my head. You kind of see him, I guess because he is like the, the a bit of a reflection for Carlito. Mm. Yeah. You see him at each point of change in Carlito's character. Yes. The first point where he's like, deny, deny, got to get out of it. The second act when you meet him again, the alley sequence, mm-hmm. the champagne sequence, where it begins as deny and then you see Carlito who's been a character about self-preservation mm-hmm. and survival and like you hear him talking to like Gail going like, I've killed people but every time I've done it, it's been to survive. It's never been like an assassination or anything like that. And this time where, you know, Pachanga, the Luis Guzman character is like, kill him, it'll be fun, man, it'll mm. be fun, like the old days or whatever. And you kind of get that sense of go, oh, maybe not every time he's killed someone, it's been in that 
that moment where someone pulls a gun on you, yeah. you have to kill them straight away. Maybe the, it's not just self-defense. It has been self-preservation where it's like taking people out before they even have the chance to kill you. And then this moment is where he's like basically been promising Gale that he's like, he mm. is actually trying to make the effort to leave this life, but he can't because he's like, I owe this guy. I owe this. I mm. need to do this. And he can't, he can't break free. And then this time, it's the time where he's like, okay, let him live. And it's like, what is his mm-hmm. his final comeuppance? Is like, he did let this guy he leave. Did he right did the right killed him. He showed yeah. this guy mercy, but it's yeah. too, he's lived a life without mercy. He can't. You can't change that. If you're living in a world without mercy, how can you show it mercy? It's not going to show it back to you. Mm. Mercy, mercy, mercy. I said like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's yeah. true. I mean, that, that's almost, I feel like that could be the like final, my final thought as well is just jumping off that. And so, it, like, it, you're so right. It's that thing of the way he's a character that's always 10 steps ahead. Mm. And that's demonstrated time and time again that you see, and that scene in particular, the narration explaining, I have to kill this guy. Because otherwise I, I'll be known as someone who's, um, I, I, I'm weaker if I don't. And I've never understood it yeah. so clearly. Like, this is something that I have to do. Mm. And then him choosing not mm. to do it. it. It's something really cool is, is that, yeah, that, uh, this is a film, I think, about mm. someone, about how circumstance, I think, how circumstance, it, it makes you question whether we really make choices, mm. particularly people, particularly like uh, people in a situation like him, you know, someone who's an immigrant to the country, someone who's, whether you, whether you can really say he made any choices mm. in his life, whether he really could have done anything else. And I think it shows it so well because you see him knowing and mm. the way he knows when things happen, he knows. And then even when he, when he has to get on the boat and he says, I have to get on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. We've been we've been shown so many times that he that, doesn't have to as well, but he has to. But he has to, it's you know. It's and 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 it's the code that code. Yes, it's the code that ends up killing him, mm. but it's also the code that kept him alive. Yeah, and they demonstrate it so clearly that it's this thing of usually those movies you see that as a choice that they're making, and it's their own ego. Mm. But in this. I think there's just this, it, you're really challenged to think like, does he actually have a choice at, in any, at any point in this film? Mm. I really, really thought it was a very special film. Oh, it's so good, man. Uh, so good. Well, yeah, because finally when he did make a choice, uh, when like, hold on, let me think about how to phrase this sentence. Because when he finally did make a choice that was outside of the expectation of him or the life that he'd built, mm. it's ended up being the thing that killed him. Yeah. It, so, like, yeah. yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't getting on the boat that killed him. It yeah. wasn't, the getting on the boat was the right move mm-hmm. because he yeah. could have killed the guys and gotten away. The thing that killed him was, was doing the right thing. Yeah. And it just, I think that's a really profound, it just really is it mm. genuinely a very, I think great films are about empathy mm-hmm. and it's a really empathetic film towards this character. I have a final thought. Yeah. My yeah. final thought is John Leguizamo related. Oh, um, I love that. I th- That's yeah. really good for this So podcast. we we very, very loosely, at the start we tried to make it really, really stringent, but now it's incredibly loose. We loosely have John Leguizamo separated into three characters, mm-hmm. char- uh, three different stages of his film career, which is Baby Legs, Sexy Luigi, and um, Dad Guizamo, yeah. right? To me, this is Baby Legs, right? However, it is Baby Legs becoming an actor. It's yeah. the best piece of acting I've seen Baby Legs do. Whoa. And that's very interesting because Baby that. Legs previously, oh, I see yeah. him being in the experience of making the film and he's like, 
in, like big, big, you know, big blazer boy. You know what I mean? Like he's in the experience of making the film. He's amongst it and he's sucking it all in. But in this one, it's like watching Baby Legs act. And I believe this is the end of Baby Legs. This is the grand finale of Baby, Baby Legs, Legs before Sexy, Sexy Luigi, Luigi emerges <laughs> yeah. and That's takes it into the whole, his Hollywood age. 100%. <laughs> I think that this was the movie that definitely, for at least for me or for most John Leguizamo supporters, I'm assuming, solidified him as like mm. a fucking... Force to be reckoned with cinematically. Yeah, love that. Yeah, dude, I spoke. I, I spoke Alexi just that. then. Yeah. I got a shiver down my quiver. <laughs> <laughs> and also, my fa- one of my favorite lines, other than the um, he had bad drunk eyes or whatever, mm-hmm. was um, you think that you're big time, but I'm gonna kill you big time. <laughs> I liked that line. It's yeah. great. It's a lot of great lines. Blood in yeah. my shoes. Blood yeah. in your shoes is incredible. Yeah. Feel like gonna kill you faster than a bullet. <laughs> I love yeah, that line. That's good. <laughs> Uh, Alexi, do you have any final thoughts before we move into our Leguistamos? Oh, I just think that this is truly, it's one of my very, very favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, I think it is probably my, I think it's the best like later Pacino performance, like post post him returning in the 90s, coming back to cinema. He makes it just after freaking Scent of a Woman. And Mm. I think that like this is... I think it's so good. Like, mm. I just love this characterization. And I actually can't imagine another actor being able to pull this kind of role off where he's so mm. likable, so charismatic. And Pacino, he just moves so beautifully. Like his physicality, the way he kind of floats around like scenes. Like a dance. Like it's beautiful. He's like a dancer. Like mm. when he's in that, that there's this really tense sequence that's in the nightclub where he's like hiding from the Italian gangsters and like putting on a show. Every time he's putting on a show, this character... It's like just beauty incarnate, mm. the way that he moves around. It's 100%. just so stunning. Um, but I'm with you guys. I think it's like just a top-tier Leguizamo performance. I actually think it's like – I think of this as his signature role. When I think of John hey. Leguizamo, I think of Benny Blanco, and I think that it is – it's a like beautiful, young, hungry performance that yeah. he just – executes perfectly. Fuck, that's well put. Hungry is right. Mm. Like you can see the hunger in him to do, to to fucking smash Hollywood and he's going to do it. And to be on like with probably, I'm assuming that Al Pacino must be one of his heroes. Like of course, the way that he plays with him, it's just like, it's kind of magnificent to watch. But play is such a good word as well. It's a really like from Pacino, it's a really, and I love that you point out that it's his late, late career Pacino Mm. because it's, it genuinely is, it, it's something that a young Pacino couldn't do this no performance. Way. It's mm. it's so playful. It's soulful it's so in a really different way. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a very soulful actor. Mm-hmm. But I think this is soulful in a very different way that uh, I think that he must have had some relation to the books that it was based on. Yeah. And so it's I think that there's something about like him coming to find this role. Mm. Um, you know, speaking to someone speaking to someone who has been, you know, the kind of face along with Robert De Niro, like mm. the the faces of this as a revisionist genre of gangster yeah. films mm. to come back and kind of make, you know, uh, I often think of this movie in comparison to Clint Eastwood's version of that, which is like Unforgiven. Yeah. I think that okay. there's something of the, these two movies coming around around mm. the same time that are like speaking as a revisionist to like these movies that they were already mm. doing, you know, the spaghetti Western versions of and stuff like mm. that in the 70s and 60s, coming back and doing like the old man take on those is something really mm. interesting. And now that, you know, that's an old man movie, this and um, freaking uh, Unforgiven, they're both still making old man movies. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like if they'd made it now, later. if they'd made it now, we would have had a scene with a de-aged uh, <laughs> yeah. Al Pacino before he goes to prison. Yeah. I will say, 
though, I just realised then when you were speaking, how interesting for John Linguizamo then to do Righteous Kill mm. with Al Pacino because oh, that's like yeah. 20 years later. How far and, and the amount of shit that he would have done since Carlito's way before mm. Righteous Kill and just being like, hey, Al. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, remember me. Again. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> Johnny Lang Just sitting at the table Do you think this is going to be a good one, Johnny? (laughs) So we got a lot of interesting people on here (laughs) Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson's at the table with us today It's also Sorry, I could talk about this for hours We should wrap this up But it's also just like How much a truly transcendent performance Is about trust in the director Because like late Pacino is he just gives and he mm. gives. And, and if it's a bad director and a bad editor, I think yeah. they use the wrong takes. Yeah. And this is someone who is giving stuff to his director and saying, please give me a good performance in yeah. the edit. And he gets one. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a fearless. It's fearless. 100%. Oh, God. I heard this quote about Pacino recently. I, I can't remember who it was attributed to. I think it was Christopher Nolan when they worked on Insomnia and he was trying to get something out of Pacino. And Pacino was just like, don't worry, you're getting it. You'll see it in the dailies. <gasps> and then he watched this, like, oh! yeah, he's right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's Don't good. worry, mate. It's there. <laughs> that's great. Um, Do you want to give your Leguizamo, Zach? Yeah, I think, I think it's hard not to... Just oh, quickly, so... you know that this is based mm-hmm. on how Leguizamo it is mm-hmm. and not the film itself. Great. Um, <laughs> well, well, you know of course, what? it's naturally known. You know what? This might be one of those rare occurrences where the stars and the Leguizamo's align. Potentially. Wow. Every uh, now and then, stars will align. <laughs> stars will align, align with Leguistamos. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. I think. I think I. I can't give it anything else but five. Yeah. It's. It's. Um, it's so good, yeah. and it's. It's so. It's more five than if he was had more scenes. Yeah, like it's so good that he just takes his three scenes it's and so fucking runs legs. with it. And I love what you said about that. It's the. It's the. It's the top of the baby legs. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I it's five Leguistamos for me, easy Beautiful. because my I, if you're a true Leguizamo Rama listener, you will know my grading system is based on whether or not I can see someone else playing the role. Mm. Nah. No, no, I don't would. want I don't want anyone else to have it. Yeah, so, DH Pacino, that's it. This is easily <laughs> this is easily a five Leguistamo film for me, mm-hmm. and we've only ever given out um uh like what was what what do we give for Freak? Leg, it was like a like five Leguistamos, but it was a Leguizama Rama Rama or something like that. It was oh, like okay. A, I don't remember this, but sure, I'd love to do that again. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, we when we watched Freak, which was uh, uh his one man show that was then uh, filmed and directed yeah. by Stan. Stan, no, Spike. Spike Lee, not Stanley. Yeah, Spike it's Lee. Such a, it's my favorite comedy special. Okay, we gave really it five Leguistamos, but it was like. The best you could possibly get, yeah. like whatever. I would be willing to take it to six Leguistamos if that's what that means. Because this to me, it was like just like. Whoa, so... this is going to get six? Ah, oh, we can't. We can't. I'm you not can't. saying. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it could. It's wow. a, it's a good kind of five. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's like it is like right up there for me oh in terms God. of Leguistamos, um, because to me, it's just like the start of this beautiful career. And without Carlito's way, perhaps Leguizamo Rama wouldn't exist. Wow. Wow. I'm just saying. Thank you. Thank you Imagine so much. Imagine if you just were like two. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three. One for each scene is in. Not in that much. So, I don't know. But All right, Alexi. What's, I'd like to know your Leguizamo oh. rating, Alexi. Oh, it's five. It has to be oh, five. Because yeah. I think it is his best performance. Like, mm. it's, uh, I mean, he's a really great actor. And I 
everything I've seen him in, I love him. Mm-hmm. I love him in. I think he's one of the... I think last time I came here, I said he was like one of the great ensemble actors. Mm. where He can really work so well with everyone else. Mm. I think what's interesting about this performance in particular is like, yeah, he is part of the ensemble, but it is the Al Pacino show. Mm. But there's something about what he brings to this character where he brings... I think it's because he himself is the dynamic is probably not unlike what the dynamic is actually between him and Al Pacino, where he is this hot young actor that is like really uh, doing something quite exciting with his work and stuff. You know, his background is so interesting that he was like some kind of stand-up comedian in Mm -hmm. some, like in an, in an esoteric way. And also like his one man shows and stuff. There's something really hot and exciting about 1993, John Leguizamo becoming potentially becoming a movie star. But I think because what he follows instead is not movie stardom, but like interesting character Mm. work. I think that Benny Blanco is potentially the first interesting character that he gets to play. Mm -hmm. And he does so marvelously. Yeah. And it's so hungry and so like, so like ingrained and authentic, the kind of because I think it's coming from that place because of that dynamic mm. between him and Al Pacino. Yeah, it actually feels really authentic what he's doing here. Mm. Yeah. So, dude, it's he's one of the best, and this movie is like the one that you go, This is why he's one of the and best. And it was so early in his career, but mm. he was so ready for it. Exactly, it was the, the right time yeah. in his career, it was the right yeah. opportunity mm. at the right time. You're right, Rob, yeah. perfect. Uh, do you know what that means when when there's five leg with I've never been present for a five leg of oh. because oh. I did do a Mario episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means that it's a, a Leguizamorama. Yeah. <laughs> what are the other five? So the, the, fr- the uh, freak? freak? Freak was a five. I think Mario was a five. Wow, okay. Uh, uh, oh, no, maybe it Latin, wasn't. Latin history for morons. Mario okay. wasn't a five. Latin history for morons was definitely a five. Mo- his one-man shows almost get an automatic yeah, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. where, whatever they what are. What else can they be? Yeah, like, they can't be anything else. Absolutely. We, uh, what about the Papa John's commercials? No, no he didn't appear. Mr. Did Mr. Vegetable get a Leguizamorama? I feel like it should. His his role on uh, Sesame Street. Okay, he played Captain Vegetable. Vegetable. Yeah, where he like came on in like a suit and told told the kids to eat vegetables. Definitely Whoa. should have. There's been quite a few. I think Violent Night was a Violent Night. Yeah, was. I liked him in that. Yeah, I thought that was a very good. And movie. that was special to see him get the Alan Rickman. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's special to see him around Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, and Romeo and Juliet was obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's one thing when I was reading about him again the last couple of days for this was, um, he did a show that was like that, uh, that like trace back your roots kind of thing. We, we just watched, did we an watched that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I want to see that. That was the Leguizamorama as well. Was it? Yeah, the trace back his roots one. Mm. Yeah, because it was just about his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. Um, Alexi, is there anything you want to promote where people can see you? How can they find you? Absolutely. I've got a podcast. Once again, I've re-entered the realm of podcasting. Uh, Cameron James and I have uh, got a new podcast called Special Features, where we talk all things culture, pop culture, the past, present, and future of culture and pop culture every single freaking week. Fuck yeah. And the first episode we did was basically the my favorite movie of 2023 so far. So if you're looking for new movies, you're feeling like you want to find oh. out what's really good, I just kind of talked about the first batch of movies for the year that really uh, really meant a lot to me. So oh, awesome. check them out. 
Alexi, uh, thank you so much. You are a dear friend of the podcast. Wow, thank you. Uh, and hopefully a dear friend behind the podcast too. Oh, yeah, us. absolutely, yeah. And and I just want to say also um, thank you for, uh, I guess in a way, we were always going to watch this film, mm. but sharing this film with us, wow. uh, it's really very special. I was not expecting this to be such a special film. Wow. Absolutely. So and I never, really enjoyed it. And, and also really your, your presence here and the discussion of this film has turned this podcast, if only for an episode, into an actual film review wow. podcast. <laughs> Wow. Because never once have we done this. Wow. <laughs> and I feel like our regular listeners who aren't on board for the film review part of our podcast yeah. are just like, the fuck of mission. Come like, to the water. We'll be back it's next time week. to drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're ready. They're, they're, they're yeah. thirsty. But also, we'll be back next week talking about bullshit. Thank you so much, Alexi. Thank My you, pleasure. everyone, for listening. And to Tom, can you please take us away with... The outro music, Tom. The theme tune of this podcast. All right, that's fine. <laughs> you get, you get a, a week off. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.